Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. God is good today. We stand in amazement at how good God has been to us. If you are sitting at home and uh, you're sitting next to someone, would you tell them, even here, as our leaders are just sitting together all over the uh, sanctuary, would you tell someone, God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Hallelujah. God has been good to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God has been good to me. Hallelujah. We have prayed and covered our brother. Uh, Nehemiah is his uh, dad passed and we've supported him in prayer and we just want him to know that we love him and that uh, his pain is our pain. Uh, Sister uh, Stephanie Westbrook lost a uh, grandparent, I believe, uh, recently, and we continue to cover not just the family members that belong to us at our church and not just the ones that are close, but every other member of the families that are connected to the people we know. There's a lot of, uh, I think, uh, Bishop Jake said it very wonderfully the other day. He said, uh, this is the first time uh, probably in the history of our country where <clears throat> we've had three converging pandemics uh, and only God can help us. It started off with, uh, by the way, thank you, worship team. Would you give the worship team a hand? I know that if you were at home and you were in tune with us, you were blessed. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Our, we've got an awesome worship team. Bless God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but I was saying that uh, this is probably the first time in the almost 400 years history of our country that we've had uh, a... Uh, physical pandemic of illness, the attack of uh, COVID-19 on our population. And that has been compounded by two additional pandemics that came out of that. One is our economic pandemic. Uh, it has been many, many, many years that our country, if ever, has had a 40% uh, unemployment rate and that's a pandemic according to our standards an economic pandemic and then to make it even worse uh, we've uh, because of video and because of photographs and because we've been able to actually see uh, things in a very uh, direct way we have now been dealing with a social pandemic that has divided our country even more. Uh, and instead of uh, bringing us together, as Satan, uh, I know, planned, uh, 
It looks like, and uh, that's all it is, it looks like uh, that he might be winning. But I can tell you that uh, there's more than 10 righteous people in America. And uh, there are way more than 50 righteous people. And I remember an instance in the Word of God where God said, if, if, I, if you could find 50 righteous people, I will not destroy. He told us his prophet, if, if you could find, I mean, it went all the way down. If you can find 40, if you could find 30, 10, he couldn't find them. Well, guess what? We, we are more than 50. We're more than 100. We're more than 1,000. We're more than 10,000. We're more than 100 thousand righteous folk living in America. And if you have the same Christian belief that I have, you understand without a shadow of a doubt that God will bring peace to our country, that there will be an end to the th three converging pandemics, social, economic, and physical, and he will bring us victory. There is work that we have to do. And uh, I'm speaking to every believer. Things don't change because the world and worldly folk change. Things change in the environment and the country because people of God change. That's it. God has got a... Uh, 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 a connection. He's got a mandate. He has got a, a contract with us as believers. He says, if my people, Second Chronicles 7 and uh, 13, then 14, it says, if, if, if I should allow the, the rain to be shut off, and if I should allow pestilence to uh, come upon the land, and if I should allow locusts to, to eat up the, the plants, and if I allow... Uh, just sickness to prevail throughout the land. All of these things I allow. I am greater than them. But if I allow these things, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from wicked ways, can't leave any of them out. Then will I hear from heaven. These four things causes the ear of our God to be open. And if you are a believer, a Christ follower, and you're hearing me today, I commend you on, uh, because you're, you're unlike the world, I commend you if you have been able to keep up with two of these. I commend you if you've been able to keep up with three of them. Uh, I commend you. I commend you. But the fact is that there are four specific things that he says. And two will not do it. One out of the four will not do it. Three out of the four will not do it. It has to be all of them. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. You cannot walk around with 
false pride. If it's not godly pride in, in the fact that you are serving an awesome God, an all-powerful God, then it's false pride. If it is not connected to the, the almightiness of our God, then it's false pride. Humble ourselves and pray and seek. I've been kind of touched by the fact that the Bible makes a distinction between praying, which you can do once or twice, and seeking his face, which implicates or indicates that there is a continuous searching for him. A seeking for him, a thirsting for him, and asking daily, God, I need to feel your presence. Pray, humble ourselves, seek God's face, and the shocker of all shockers, turn from the wicked ways that we have. I admonish you, even before the message goes into depth, to ask God to help you with these three mandates, these four mandates. If we had a need before, it has not been as great as there is now for people of God who will do these things and ask the Holy Spirit's help to accomplish them. Hallelujah. There is a word for you today, and I believe God has a uh, a word of encouragement uh, for everyone that is listening. Uh, would you bow your heads with me as you are sitting at home, you're in here in the congregation, ask God to open your mind. Father, I must decrease and you must increase. There is no other way to accomplish the spreading of seed, good seed, the spreading of the word, and uh, having it lodge in good ground. You're responsible for both. You are the good seed giver, and you are the good ground preparer. And so I have nothing to do with it except I am helping spread seed. I cannot make the seed grow. I cannot uh, find the seed on my own. I, I'm just a helper. And so I'm asking God that I will be just that, a helper that understands that my job is just to help and that you will activate the, the anointing power, the anointed power of the word as it goes into the ground of each person's life and it will make an effective lodging deep in the hearts of your people that we will be able to accomplish everything Everything that you have mandated for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. And we thank you Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There are two passages. Uh, that we will break down today. We will do. Uh, not the normal three or four point sermon. We will be very expository in the delivery today. We will actually look at two passages and break them down individually to see or sectionally 
to see what God is telling us about a, a word that, that believers, Christ followers, have taken for granted. Uh, would you look with me first to the book of Psalms? Actually, both parts of the text are in the book of Psalms. Psalms 67. Psalm 67. I'm going to read it from the... Uh, the King James or New King James, they're very almost identical version. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Psalm 67, verses 5 and 6. Let the people praise thee, O God. All the people praise thee. The reason I'm, I'm, I'm reading this is because you have heard many people say, even preachers from the pulpit, that as praises go up, blessings come down. There is no direct quote from the Bible that says that specifically. As praises go up, blessings come down. This passage has a clear inference that that is true. That statement is true. And that's why I'm reading this, these two verses, because the inference of the two passages says, when praises go up, blessings come down. And so here we go. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Verse 6. Then shall the earth yield her... Increase and God, even our God, shall bless us. Look at someone and tell them if my praise increases, God will bless me accordingly. Now turn with me to the book of Psalms again in chapter 66. And this will be the main exposition of the message this morning. Psalm 66, I'm going to break it into three portions. But we will just be reading 1 through 12, which is all I believe we will be able to take care of today make a joyful noise unto the Lord or unto God all ye lands sing forth the honor of his name make his praise glorious Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works, or how great art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee, and shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible 
in his doings towards the children of men. Verse 6. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. They did rejoice in him. Verse 7. He ruled by his power. For even his eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Verse 9. Verse 8. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, has proved us, thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, thou laidest affliction upon us, our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water or flood. But thou brought us out into a wealthy place. But thou hast brought us out into a wealthy place. There's a culmination of the text that I want each of us to focus on. Is that last phrase. But thou brought us out into a wealthy place. The psalm is divided into three parts and it's all about thanksgiving. It is of such a general use and application to us that we need not suppose it penned by any particular person for a particular occasion. It is just a psalm of praise that all people are here called upon by the word of God to praise God as the Almighty. The first portion or part of the text, Psalm 66 from verses 1 through 7, is for general, gives general instances of his sovereign dominion and power in the whole earth and in all of creation. It talks about praising him as dominion, as humanity, that he's worthy to be praised by everything, by everyone, of every kind, of every part in nature. The second division from verses 8 through 12 is a, a special token of his favor to the church. We, his peculiar people. And then the psalmist praises God for his own experiences, verse 13 through 20, that we're not going to have time for. 
And he says, you know, especially in answering my prayers, if we learn in everything to give thanks for ancient, for old, for new, for good, for bad, for highs and lows and ups and downs, public or private mercies, we shall know how to sing the Psalms unto the grace of God with understanding. Let us recap what this chapter says in this first 12 verses from the beginning. Make a joyful noise, all ye lands. We're going through a period in our country where the problem has not been with those who have never met Jesus and accepted him as their personal savior. The problem has developed with us as believers in that as the three converging pandemics have pressed us, instead of pressing us into praise and pressing us into crying out to God, and instead of pressing us Believers, that is, into wailing before God on behalf of those who are unsaved and are also suffering. It has pressed most of us to be quiet. That we have lost our praise. One of the things that happens when the people of God historically have lost their praise there has arisen murmuring and complaining. When praise is absent, everything seems to be something to complain about. When praise disappears, we lose sight of what God did yesterday that has caused us to be standing alive today. And we become demanding for something that we don't even know we need or don't need. In actuality, we lose our way when praise is not a part of our daily living. We murmur and complain and lose our way. Look at someone and tell them that. When, 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 when I lose my praise, murmuring and complaining causes me to lose my way. One of my favorite scriptures recently, and I'd like you to write it down because you'll know this is mine. It says, uh, thou, uh, Psalm 1611, and I've shared it before, thou and I paraphrased it for myself. I made it my own. I, I, I paraphrased it so that it fits into my life without losing its meaning. And I say, oh, thou, oh God, has shown me the way or the path to life. And you can say that to yourself. It encourages you to praise. If you have a problem getting your eyes off of what the circumstance is, 
and you have been focused on where you are and what's happening and how bad things are and how, how the unrest socially is causing you to be angry or dismayed. It is time to settle yourself with worship and praise. So I say to myself, Psalms 1611, Thou, oh God, has shown me the path to life. I remind myself daily that without worship and praise to the one who created me, I'm losing my way. I'm losing my way, God. I can't see where I should go. So I tell myself, self, listen to God's voice. Because God, you have shown me the path to life. I have no life without you. I have no direction without you. I have no purpose without you. You have shown me the way to life. In your presence. In your presence. I replace presence with glory. Because I needed to have a, a sense of what it means what does God's presence mean? And I said glory because I focused on Adam and Eve in uh, Genesis 3, uh, 8 and 9. That, that, that their nakedness was not even known to themselves until sin prevailed against them. That while they were under the auspices of the presence of God, glory became their covering. When the presence of God and the glory of God becomes your covering, you don't walk around feeling insecure, feeling naked, feeling abused, feeling all of these things that is causing us upheaval. You point to the truth. You point to the truth. Then you say the word of God does not match what I'm seeing. You voice your opinion against the word of God. And you said this is not my opinion. This is what God says how Christians are supposed to behave. This is what God's word says what a Christian society should look like. And if you are not willing to abide by what the word of God says, don't tell me anything. We have nothing to talk about if it does not match the word of God. So it says, make a joyful noise unto God, everyone, everywhere, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his praise or of his name. Thank you, Jesus. Say unto God, how terrible are your works. Thou, the great, through the greatness of thy power, shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and sing unto thee, O God. Come and see the works of God. 
He's terrible in his doings towards the children of men. I want you to understand when you look at those first five verses that the psalmist is making a, a proclamation, a boast, a uh, 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 reciting of the awesomeness of his God. We have hit a time when Christians have become silent in their faith at the same time they have become silent in their praise. And the psalmist says, if you are a believer, it needs to be coming out of your mouth all the time, everywhere, whatever you say to someone else. It does not need to be said unless you f can find a way to give God worship in it. Things are bad. I hate the social unrest. I hate the economic unrest. I can't stand the injustice that I'm seeing around me. But I could tell you one thing. I believe what David said. He said he was young and then he got old. And he said in all of his days, he never saw righteous folk forsaken nor their seed begging bread. And I'm here to tell you, friend, uh, I know I just met you. This is me and talking to someone that I've met for the first time. I'm finding a way to tell him about the God that I trust. I, I, I believe what David said because I know for a fact that since I have committed myself to God and become serious with my faith, that people who don't want to respect me have found themselves having to respect me because of the God in me. I don't get respect and I don't get honor because of the color of my skin. I demand it because of the God in me. Whether you are pink, white, yellow, black, or green, if you stand in the power of God, your spirit demands respect. Uh, somebody does not believe me. And it's hard for you to, to, to try and believe me what I'm saying if you have not been so committed that you have been sold out to your faith and having God represent you. Many of you, if you may be listening to me right now, have tried God but you've not sold out. You have become a Christian but you have not been completely submerged in your faith. You have accepted Jesus as your personal savior, but you have been still holding on to some of the, 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 the things of the world. And I am asking you this morning, for one time in your life, I don't care what you are, who you are, I am asking you to try selling out completely to God and doing as the word of God says. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from wicked ways. You will, or the God in you, will demand honor wherever you go. 
Some, somebody doesn't believe me, but I'm asking you to try it. You walk into Walmart, you go into the bank, you don't leave your car without saying, God, I am your emissary. God, I am your ambassador. Lord, I am your tool. Lord, I am your child. I am walking into this business not as my name. My, my name means nothing. Burton Ross does not carry any weight. But your anointing in me carries more weight than anything else. Your power in me carries more weight than any man. Your glory on me is fearsome. Hallelujah. You've got to understand this morning that the God that you serve is a fearsome God, is a terrible God. Not to you, but to people coming against you when you are standing in God. I have a praying mother, and I've told the story before, but I'm going to say it again because somebody on TV needs to hear this. I am calling on the church as a whole to become radical for God like you've never been before. And this is something that I'm pushing and pressing to. My mother has been a praying woman. She prays for everything. She prays about everything. She prays about everything. She prays about everything. We're driving in the car. Lord, as we buy, I mean, you could be hungry as ever. We buy uh, uh, some grapes from Walmart and you can't wash them. She prays. She prays over the... I mean, she does not forget. She'll wipe it off and then she prays. Lord, I kill every contaminant in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, 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 I break and bind. I mean, by the time she's finished, that grape is heavenly. Not only that, but things that you wouldn't even think about. And I picked it up from my mother, understanding that if you become crazy about your faith, God becomes crazy about you. I was there one day when telemarketer called, you know, they call and they try to get money out of those who are not quite understanding of their schemes. And this person called started telling my mom about her owing the IRS money and she needed to write them a check and send them and, and then she needs to wire money to them and we had just talked to her about a couple of days ago as a family about not listening to anyone that tells you on the phone that the IRS told them to call you because the IRS never calls you. They either uh, email you directly or they send a personal letter to you and then you call them in reference to the letter they send. So she remembered that and, and as the person continued to speak, it clicked that this is a potentially fraudulent person. And immediately she said, you need to stop right now because in the name of Jesus, I'm cursing you and the fraudulence that you're practicing. I am praying against you. There's a curse on you right now. There is a curse on you right now for trying to be a fraud and take and steal people's money from them. In Jesus' name, you are cursed. You fraudulent. And by the time she was finished, 
She was so emphatic that the guy on the other end from Pakistan or wherever he was said, please don't curse me. Please don't curse me, man. Please, please don't, don't, don't send a curse on me. Don't, don't let God hurt me, please. I'm not going to do this anymore. By the time she was finished with him, he was ready to give his life to Jesus. It was because she actually believed what she was saying. There's an epidemic in society today of Christians that don't believe what they're saying. As soon as the sinner hears you, it takes them two seconds to know that you don't really believe that when praises go up, blessings are going to come down. You're telling them that God is good, but at the same time, you're working four jobs and you're talking about how tired you are and then they hear you at work talking about how you can't get to church on Sunday and how you can't do this, how you can't do that because of all of these things that you've got juggling and they never hear you sing, I'm putting it all in God's hand and I'm listening for his answer. The psalmist says, in an exclamation, in a proclamation, sing forth the honor of his name. Do it. Praise him for his glory. Say to God how terrible thou art in thy works. Thou, I need to fear you. I need to respect you. I need to be fearful, not in a negative way, but in a way that says you are all-powerful and I exalt you above everything else because of your greatness and your power I believe in it I praise you for being the one that has all power and all glory says all the earth needs to worship you I will sing unto you O God I will call your name out in praise but then he goes on in verse 6. So when he starts to give general sovereignty to dominion of God over creation. He says, he turned the sea into dry land. And went through the flood. They went through the flood on foot. They did, there did we rejoice in him referring to Israel coming out on out of Egypt under God's auspices his protection opening a way out of nowhere making the the Red Sea become dry land so they could pass through delivering Noah out of the flood out of a place where everyone else died but because God's hand was unknown. Why? Because he was a worshiper of Yahweh. He was a praiser of God Almighty. He never let anything or anyone take his praise away. Do you understand? Everyone else in humanity said there's no God, there's no rain, we never saw it fall before, we don't have to praise him. And Noah said, yes, I don't care what you say. I believe God's word. 
And what he told me to do was build a ship. And when everyone else was saying, you're stupid, you're foolish, you're, ha you're, you're half caught, your brain is melted down, you're just crazy. He said, I'm going to be crazy for God. I'm going to be half cocked for God. I am going to be the wild man. Whatever you want to call me. I am going to be it for God. Because I will not disobey what God is telling me to do. Is there a believer out there that is getting or gotten to the point. In the midst of all of this confusion. In the middle of these three converging pandemics. That is willing to stand up and say. For God I live. And for God I die. I will not exalt my situation, my problems, my issues, my circumstance, my social inequality above the power of God. I was talking to a friend of mine last week. We started to talk about the social division and inequality that has been plaguing our country recently. And every time he talked brought up an instant of how uh, African Americans have been historically treated in a very derogative way in our country, in a very uh, uh, slavish way in our country. He just got instance after instance. This one was lynched, and this one was hung, and this one was shot. And they were all very true. All of them, all of those circumstances. And I brought two things to his memory. There has not been a civilization, whether you want to point to the Romans or the Egyptians, and I'm specifically pointing to those two civilizations because one was was historically black and one was historically Caucasian, Romans and Egyptians. And the fact is when each of them came into economic power over their neighbors, they took advantage. There is no surprise that in a country where there have always been a majority of Caucasians, we are 74% white in America, that our history should be any different from Rome. That our history should be any different from Egypt. When the devil is in control, whoever has the numbers will put their foot on those who do not. America is never going to be different from history. So what am I saying? It doesn't matter how much we walk the streets and we cry out. If the cry does not become a national cry to God. There will be no lasting change and no equaling of the tables. Let me say that again. You want an example? You're a believer? Israel was always a minority wherever they went. 
They were a minority in Egypt. They were taken. God allowed them to be taken. They were a minority under uh, uh, the Persians who took them. They were a minority under the Romans. They were a minority. And whenever they begun to lose their identity of God, we are God's people led by God. Their enemies doubled down and put their foot on their necks. That always precipitated them coming to the place where they understand that their only hope was through God. And at that point, in every instance, they began to cry out to Yahweh for deliverance. I want every African American that listens to me to, to hear this because I am an African American black man and I function as a pastor in a congregation that's multicultural and multiracial. If you are a believer, hallelujah, glory be to God, and you are sold out for Christ. The political system does not have to change for you to prosper. I'm, I'm, this, is the, this is the word of God. The political system did not change quite often when Israel was under subjugation. The Egyptians did not lose their wealth. God just took his people as they cried out and moved them out of Egypt, leave Egypt with its wealth, and then he took his people out of Egypt and prospered them out there. If you are Chinese, Puerto Rican, black, Nigerian, any minority race in our country, and you believe that you will change history just because you protest. When the majority in our country, that is a country like Rome and Egypt, it has become a godless country or becoming that. Your hope is not in changing the laws. Your hope is not in changing Congress and making it half black or half Chinese or to even the numbers. Because without God, we will go from one extreme to the next. Somebody will take advantage of someone else without God. But if you stand in the power of God this morning, and you commit yourself to worshiping and praising God. Everything that I'm saying does not even come out of my text naturally. But something is telling me that every believer that is listening to me needs to understand that you have not. I'm telling you, you have not been committed like the Bible says to your faith. If we had been this committed, then God would be prospering us. In the midst of pressure. If he didn't do that, he would not be the God of the Bible. 
If he didn't do that, he wouldn't be the God of the Bible. Because the Bible God prospered those who cried out to him when they were minorities in a strange land and they were under the pressure of a culture that had more of one kind of person racially than them. There is no reason if you are a Christ follower not to understand that you, this is a spiritual thing. And you cannot allow politics to divide you from your white brother or your black sister. You cannot allow what the president says to ignite and stir up any kind of racial tension to be the deciding factor of your fate. You and I have to stand and believe what God's word said. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from wicked ways. God said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to look at you and I'm going to bless you. I'm swearing by my own name that I'm going to bless you. I'm swearing by my own name that I'm going to bless you. I'm swearing by my own name that I'm going to bless you. This is the battle cry this morning for you and I. If you are here and you're listening to me. Lord, Abba Father, I've been praying this and crying this. Lord, Abba Father, pilot me, which was the name, the subject matter today. My praise will pilot me. It's the topic for today. My praise will pilot me. My praise will pilot me. My praise will pilot me. And you're asking, where will my praise will pilot me? It will pilot me into what verse 12 says. Verse 12 said, you have done what? Brought me into a place of prosperity. Into a wealthy place. What does, thou has caused men to ride over our heads. And uh, history or historians in the Bible uh, have felt that this reference to the beginning of verse 12 of chapter 66 in Psalms is in reference to either one of two things. When the Egyptians or Romans captured people from different lands, quite often they would bring the elite, the best of them back to Rome or back to Egypt as slaves. And they would bring them walking. We've seen the same thing in our own slave uh, history. I, I keep referring to us, our history being the same as all, all of these other great civilizations. Because we seem to think we are so special that we are going to do something different. When God already said, he already said, there is nothing new under the sun. There is not going to be a civilization where the, where the race that is bigger that has a larger percentage is ruled by the race of any kind that has the smaller numbers. It's not going to happen. Since the adversary was cast down from glory because of his sin, 
That's one of the curses that came. The larger will dominate the smaller. And the only breakthrough that minority has is to put God in on your side. Whether you are black or white, if you are pink or yellow or Chinese, if God becomes your defense, you will prosper. Somebody's, you're hearing me out there, but you're not believing me. I am telling you, I am telling you, it is the truth. I've seen it over and over again. If you are a minority on your workplace, a minority in your city, a minority on your campus, a minority wherever you are, if God is with you, your enemies, people that don't like you, will bless you. And quite often, they will bless you and not know why they bless you. They will bless you and not know why they bless you. Of course, you know why. Because you are a child of the Most High God. Can I ask you this morning to take this battle cry with you? Let your praise pilot you into prosperity. I keep saying it, my praise will pilot me into prosperity. My praise will pilot me into prosperity. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about money. Do you understand whenever you think of prosperity, if your mind, if your mind, and somebody's going to get this, if your mind immediately goes to physical wealth, you have just put God in a box. You have cursed yourself. <laughs> oh my goodness. If the, when the Bible talks about prosperity, immediately your mind goes to economics and physical wealth, you have just put a curse on yourself. Because God wants to prosper you in every part of your life. Who cares if you got money and you die next week? What benefit it is to you if you won the lottery that somebody bought you a ticket for, but you died suddenly next week? It would have been better for you to not have won the lottery and live to be 80 or 90. So when I say, let praise pilot you into prosperity this morning, I am saying, give God a blank check. Give God a blank check. Lord, wherever you see, I need prosperity. I need prosperity in my home. My marriage is under stress. I need prosperity in my job. I'm under stress with my bosses. I need prosperity in my finances. Things have not been meeting. The month has been longer than the money. Oh, I need prosperity in my family. All of my siblings are unsaved. I'm the only one that's saved. You need prosperity. If, 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 if you are asking God for the prosperity that he knows you need. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Her eyes have not seen. 
Ears have not heard. It hasn't even entered into the hearts of the people around you. What God has for you, if you will only trust him. If you will only praise him in your situation. If you will only give, find ways to worship God wherever and whatever you're going through. Be Job, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Sorry, we've gone over 12. And we just may, because of how I think God is leading, uh, put uh, communion into next Sunday. We don't normally do that. But I think it's important that we hear this this morning. Something is telling me that many of us have lost our praise lost our ability to worship because you don't understand the power you're giving up hallelujah you don't understand the power you're giving up when you are driving in your car when you are walking into the store when you put your feet out of your bed find a way to worship and praise god I understand now why Paul said, I beat my body into subjection. I buffet myself. My body doesn't want to praise God all the time. My mind doesn't want to worship God all the time. But I understand that if I could make my body do the right thing by God, he's never going to let me down. He says, David said, I've, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, given up on, abandoned by God, or their seed begging putting their hand out, dragging on the floor, needing a handout from somebody who looks down on them. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. This morning, I am encouraging you. Be proud of the culture and the race that you are. But you better have more pride in that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life than whether you were black, white, pink, or Chinese. If you have the race and the culture that you are a part of at any point or in any way higher than the God that saved you from sin, you have just put a curse on yourself. I keep bringing this. I want it to be strong so that you get it. These things curse us. In the same way, obeying them brings blessing to our lives. If you are any color, any race, any culture, and you don't understand that God says, my love applies to everyone. If you are black and you feel a twinge of, of uh, when you see a white person, then God has a lot of work to do in you. And he wants to bless you, but you're hindering yourself. If you're white and when you see a black person, you feel that, uh, then you are in a place where God can't bless you like he wants to. How do I know that? Because the word says, God is love. He is love. He is love. He commanded his love towards us so much so that he sent his only son to die. For God so loved the world that he gave his only 
begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Can I tell you again this morning, let your praise pilot you into prosperity. Can I encourage you this morning to let your praise, your private praise, your private praise, your private worship, your private time with God, pilot you into the prosperity that God has for you. Father, my words to your people were not step in step with every theological training that I've had, but something has been put in me that you wanted to do, me to be delivered to your people about the fact that you are supposed to be exalted above every single thing in our lives. And that if we do that, if we become passionate about you, if we become passionate about you, passionate like the three Hebrew boys, Passionate like Daniel. Passionate like Moses. Passionate. Passionate. Passionate about you. That you will not forsake us. 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 Lord, I thank you for your word that came. Let it sink into the soil of every heart and direct us to you. Let the water of your word direct us, the sunlight of your glory direct us to you. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the heart that you're ministering to someone that has never accepted you as savior of their lives. Right now, right now, as you're sitting at home, you're listening to me driving the car, just say, Lord, Jesus, I come to you With all of my sin. Asking that you help me. I repent of everything that I've done wrong before you. And I ask you. To renew me. And make me your child. You deliver me from this bondage of sin. And you welcome me into your service. Thank you, Jesus, for your salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, I thank you, every one of you, for tuning in with us. I believe God said what he needed to say through me this morning. And I thank you. I know we've gone over our time. But God bless you. Would you tune in with us on Wednesday for Bible study as we break the word of God and we dig into God 
God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Hallelujah.